Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I, I found this really interesting story that I wanted to share with you about a company that literally charges $380 just to test you for the virus, just for a test is $380. And we're going to talk about uh, price gouging in the pandemic, uh, why <clears throat> big pharma cannot be trusted, uh, what's really going on here economically, and some of the reasons that you have to be concerned about what's been going on financially during this pandemic. It doesn't, this is not me telling you uh, that you should or shouldn't get a shot. I'm not in that business, but I am here to break things down for you. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Sit the coach out for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I'm sitting here in Baltimore, and I'm about to um, you know, head back home. And, uh, and, and I, I had a great time this weekend with, uh, brother Sundiata, uh, brother Jabari Natur, I, I, Dr. Ma'at, uh, a woman who I met for the first time. She was in Tariq Nasheed's last movie, I believe, butt breaking. And, uh, Dr. Ma'at is a professor at, uh, of engineering actually at Morgan state university. And I, I realized, you know, when I met the, this woman, that this is somebody that we should be working with on a more regular basis. And, so I want to start off by shouting out my appreciation for the brilliant black people in Baltimore. Uh, black Wall Street lives. It lives in cities like Baltimore. Uh, I went down the street. I walked up uh, on 25th Street and I saw a long list of black owned businesses. I'm talking about block after 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 block of black owned businesses. Uh, give me a B1 in the chat if you are as excited as I am when you see black folks coming together with with love. I mean, it was a be beautiful day. Sun was shining. I felt the warmth of my body. You know, you could hear the music playing in the background. You could smell smell barbecue, you know, in the air and, you know, and the little kids out there playing and the, the old folks are sitting on the stoop. I mean, it was it was really um, something that was beautiful. And I just have to uh, share that because that's the first thing that's on my mind right now as I, as I address you guys. The second thing that's on my mind. Uh, and please hit the thumbs up button as you come in. Please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, we need more intelligent black media. If you agree that we need more intelligence and less ignorance, please uh, help us with that. Help us by subscribing and all this other stuff because we're trying to build black owned media. It's hard to do. Uh, I'm sitting across the street in my hotel across the street from Johns Hopkins University. And Johns Hopkins University, as you know, was, was uh, partly responsible, largely responsible for the multi-billion dollar economic theft uh, of the family of Henrietta Lacks. Now, I know y'all know the story of Henrietta Lacks. For those who don't know, Henrietta Lacks uh, possessed uh, the the eternal uh, superpower, black girl magic genes that literally, where she literally, literally, this is not making this up, she had cells in her body that wouldn't die. I mean, you're talking about a goddess. I mean, my gosh, you know, and, and uh, she didn't know she was a goddess, but she was, and her cells wouldn't die. And so they used uh, Henrietta Lacks' cells 
for many years. They spawned an entire multi-billion dollar industry, probably a trillion dollars by now, off of the sales that she had because they were able to invent medication, things like that, off of um, her body. And they never paid the family. From what I understand, the family still lives in abject poverty. And uh, I think uh, Henrietta Lacks' story is really a telling and very um, a telling, compelling and accurate way to begin this quick conversation I wanted to have with you guys about, you know, about what's going on with Big Pharma. Uh, Big Pharma can't be trusted. Give me a yes or no. I want to ask you a question. How many of you? Uh, yes. Yes. If you do trust them. No, if you don't. How many of you trust big pharmaceutical companies? Give me a yes. If you do. Give me a no. If you don't uh, give me a yes. If you trust big pharma, give me a, a hell no. If you don't. Uh, how many of you? Let me ask you another question. How many of you trust the government? Give me a yes. If you trust the government, if you think that they do right by you, they, they've been looking out for you. They have your back. They're going to keep you nice and safe. Give me a no if uh, if you don't think that they're doing that. Um, I'm going to put myself in the hell no category in both spaces. And the reason uh, I, I will say this is because uh, even as a financial person, one of the things I I have to repeatedly state, uh, you know, just to make sure there's no uh, dis- to dispel any rumors is uh, number one, not only is our platform 100 percent black owned, uh, you know, I know that people uh, they have a hard time imagining a black man actually controlling his own resources and having true independent power. But not only is our platform 100% black owned, but also, also I am not a capitalist. I am not a cat. I am not a hardcore capitalist. I, I, I want to make that clear. I have people come up and say, yeah, we need more black capitalism in our community. And I'm like, no, we don't. (laughs) No, we don't No, What we need is we need black owned businesses. We don't need black capitalism. We need black people investing. Uh, We don't need black capitalism. We need black people owning assets and owning real estate. Um, no. So if you if, if anybody ever tells you, yeah, Dr. Boyd's over preaching that black capitalism, just say correct them, just politely correct them, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, we ain't preaching no capitalism over here. I'm not anti-capitalist. I'm not far left. I'm not burn down the, you know, burn down the buildings and, and, and give it stick it to the man. I'm not in that category at all. I'm just in a category that says that we need to control resources uh so that we can have our freedom uh you know capitalism pure capitalism in my view it's way too territorial it's all about beating people up and taking their resources it's about greed it's about continuous expansion till you can't expand no more uh the the hardcore capitalism is to some extent and big pharma reflects this this is what we're talking about today uh hardcore capitalism is the ultimate pyramid scheme it is the ultimate pyramid scheme because you cannot expand to infinity. You cannot expand to outer space. Uh, you cannot uh, push this idea that greed is good. Now, why do I bring that up? Why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is because that's why you had you have these stupid wars. That's why you had the 20-year Afghanistan war, where we went to these, inexplicably mm-hmm. went to Iraq and Afghanistan and, and did all this other stuff. It's because war is profitable. War makes money. War makes money. Now, I promise you, just be patient. The the sweet the 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 the, the happy ending is coming. I promise you, we're gonna we're gonna get you we're gonna get you to the intellectual orgasm in a minute. Just chill out. Just be patient with me as I as I explain to you the connection here. War is profitable. War is profitable. That's why we went to Afghanistan because war is profitable. That's why we killed hundreds of thousands of people in Vietnam because war is profitable. But that's also why people don't trust the government. When the government now says, let's go to war to defend our freedom, people say that's a bunch of BS. You ain't defending no freedom. You're defending the oil companies. That's why when they say, hey, we got to go fight over in this country we've never heard of because we got to we got to liberate those people. People are like, no, that's stupid. You, 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 if you were liberating people from oppression, you would start with yourself. 
you would start with yourself because you got enough oppression happening here that you're not addressing. What makes us think we need to fly across the world and send our babies to die to liberate people from oppression around the world? People need to be liberating us from you. Right. War is profitable. Now, why do I say why do I repeatedly state that war is profitable? Well, because this pandemic basically, in my view, was strategically positioned to be a war like environment. Where you spend every penny necessary in order to win the war. And it creates a type of snowfall effect, domino effect, a momentum effect that says that anybody who disagrees with the war, anybody who says, let's slow down the spending, anybody who says, hey, maybe it's not as bad as we think, anybody who says, hey, wait a minute, 99.8% of us are going to be just fine, uh, you're you're accused of being uh, against the war effort. You're accused of being uh, an enemy. You're, You're seeing, you know, that's why there is that war on people who didn't get the shot. They, they're not listening to you. They're not trying to hear what your logic might be. They don't care what your credentials are. They, Dr. Christina Parks, who, by the way, uh, is coming to the All Black National Convention. And I'll put the URL on the screen if you want to come join us in at the end of October. Dr. Christina Parks, uh, her Ph.D. in cellular biology was quite valuable until she spoke up and said, you know, maybe these shots aren't necessary. Right. Uh, you know, because if she, if, she was say, if she was speaking the company line, they would they would say she's a genius. You know, if they if she was doing what the rappers are doing and all these other celebrities that are pushing uh, these shots on you, uh, then they would say, oh, she's great. She's brilliant. She's wonderful. But because she doesn't go along with the narrative, then suddenly she's a quack. She's crazy. She's she's the minister of, of misinformation and everything else. And, and and so so this is the environment that you have right now. Again, this is not me being pro or anti nothing. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You know, if you know my position, you know. I've repeatedly stated, and I have to say things over and over again. Some of y'all that follow me are like, come on, boys, man. You said this 18 times. I got to say it over and over again because when you're on a big platform, you talk to millions, a million people a week, you have people that deliberately misinterpret what you're saying because they don't take the time to explore the nuances of, of an argument that they do not understand. They don't take the time to actually hear out people who say things that they don't agree with. Instead, their goal is to minimize and dehumanize the opposition. They minimize you. If you say, hey, maybe Joe Biden isn't our superhero, they say, oh, you must be a Trump supporter. No, I never I never said I was a Trump supporter. I said Joe Biden owes something to black people. Well, you must be a Republican. What are you talking about, Negro? Grow up. Right. So I have to repeat myself because there are people that would deliberately minimize uh, what you're saying. Uh, you know, they don't, you know, I have a whole PhD in all, in, in all this financial stuff and they'll reduce it to, uh, oh, boy, is just a black capitalist. And he's, a, he's all about this and making that money. And I, Listen, let me explain this to you. When it comes to this shot. I am not a person who is here to tell you to take the shot or not take the shot. I told you my official position is simple. It's called the Nunya. I'm in the Nunya party. Nunya means, if you ask me, did I get the shot or not get the shot, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Nunya. That's just like asking me if I got an abortion. You ain't going to ask a woman if she got, if she aborted her baby or not. That That's rude, right? You can't ask a person if they apply for a job. You can't say, hey, do you sleep with men or women? Who do you, do, what do you, who do you, are you, are you gay or, gay or straight? They say they, they're allowed to say Nunya. So uh, my response, when you talk about what's going on in my body, what I'm putting in my body, the answer is Nunya. Because if you got your shot and you feel safe and you feel protected, then you should be safe from ignorant fools like me, Whether no matter what position I'm in. And again, again, I'm not going to be beholden to either side. So if you are a person who is anti 
the shot. Um, I'm not going to really hear you either, to be honest with you. I'm not going to hear you tell me why I shouldn't do it. I, I'll listen, but I'm not going to necessarily do what you tell me to do because I believe in freedom. What's wrong with freedom? Can y'all type if y'all if you agree with me? Can you type the word freedom in the chat so we can kind of know what the goal is here? The goal is not to tell people what to do. The goal is to let people do what they feel is best for themselves. So with that being said, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Um, uh, we, we need your support on this black media platform. The convention is allblacknationalconvention.com. It's at the end of October, October 29th through November 1st. We're almost done. We have about 40 experts from various areas, from health, wealth, relationships, real estate, everything in between uh, that are going to come together and we're going to solve problems. This is the Black Brain Trust. And uh, and I hope you'll, you'll join us if you are into solving problems. That's what we're good for. We're not into just complaining about problems. We actually want to solve them because I believe black people need a think tank. We need a think tank that's ours. And that's what the black that's where the black think tank begins. So with that said, um, I was reading the story about this company that literally charges three hundred and eighty dollars for one test for one uh, test of for the virus. I'm trying not to say words like, uh, you know, covid or the vax word and all that because uh, youtube banned you for saying stuff like that so i'm gonna try my best to find code words so you know what i'm talking about so this is according to yahoo news yahoo news says at the drugstore rapid covid tests usually cost less than 20 dollars. across the country more than a dozen testing sites owned by a startup company called gs labs regularly bill 380 bucks there's a reason they can when congress tried to ensure that americans would not have to pay for for testing it required insurers to pay certain labs whatever cash price they listed on their tests for with no limit on what that price might be. Again, because war is profitable, they say, look, hey, just pay them. This is an emergency. Oh, my God, we need that money. We need to just spend whatever we got to spend. Right. So war is profitable. So because they declare war on this virus, they gave a blank check to fight the war. So this company uh, Dorothea, thank you. She says that the, the, the rapid test costs about $23.99 at, at CVS. This company's charging $380 for a test. This is a money grab. I'm not saying that, that, that that's all that there is. I'm not saying that there's not a legitimate health concern. I'm not saying that I'm going to make fun of you if you have the shot or whatever, or if, you, or if this makes you a little nervous. I, I go, y'all know when I was speaking in Baltimore, my wife was very nervous for me. I'm sitting here in, the, in, my, in my hotel room right now looking at my mask. She cusses me out when I don't wear my mask. Also, like, because Dr. Alicia will cuss you out. She is a she is a black woman from the hood. So don't don't let the Ph.D. fool you. Um, but uh, also uh, she had me carry hand sanitizer with me everywhere I went. So that means as much as I love my people and I had to shake some hands and give some hug, I just love my people. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to let nothing make me scared of my people. But uh, I did hand sanitize like crazy. I did do whatever social distancing I could. And I wore a mask. Right. So so this is not anybody saying that all this is fake. But what I am saying to you is that a lot of times when, uh, when, 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 when there's a lie, most lies have a little bit of truth in there, just enough truth that it seems like it's true, but then they take the truth and they stretch it, they water it down. And that's how it becomes the lie. It's just like in poker when in poker, you guys know I'm a pretty good poker player. Uh, and so in poker, people think when people talk about bluffing in poker, they think it means you're pretending to have something when you have nothing, that you're pretending to have everything when you have nothing at all. And most of the time in poker, a lot of people don't really do a full bluff. They do what is called a semi bluff, a semi semi bluff in poker. It just to educate you on it, because you all know I'm pretty good at it. I've actually won tournaments with a thousand people in it. So I'm pretty good at poker uh, in poker. Typically, a semi bluff means that you have a little something. You have a hand that could win. 
if you went down to the to the to, to the showdown. But because you're not sure if your hand will win, you'll act like your hand is bigger than what it is. You'll you'll bark extra loud and roar extra loud so that hopefully you can intimidate your opponent and get them to fold. You can get them to lay down their cards. So it doesn't matter if my cards are better than yours because I scared you so much with my semi bluff that you just backed down and you didn't even challenge me. Right. So to some extent, a lot of this happening right now in this pandemic, the big money grab of this pandemic. Is what I would equate to a semi-bluff. It's a, a semi-bluff in the sense that we know that the virus is real. We know that people, real people have died. I, at least that's what I believe. But they're making they're they're taking something that is manageable. They're taking something that's say at a level two, and they're pretending like it it's it's at a level fourteen. You follow what I'm saying? Give me a yes in the chat if you know what I'm saying. Sometimes I talk a little bit fast and over some people's heads. Give me a yes to let me know you're following me so I can move on. But they're taking something that that is there and they're stretching it. They're taking a little bit of truth and mixing it with a whole bunch of lies, right? So they're making this whole war into a big money grab. The pharmaceutical companies have made more money with this than they've ever made from those shots in, in, in ever, ever. Uh, Forbes magazine, in fact, reported that they, the company stopped making those, those shots. You know what I'm talking about with the V word. I'm not going to say the V word, but you know what I'm talking about. The company stopped making those shots because they said these are not profitable. They're not profitable because it's one and done. Once I protect you with one shot, I can't make no more money. I can't get that recurring revenue that my investors and shareholders are looking for. So why would I keep making these shots? Because I, I only get to use it one time. And then after you're actually, oh, my God, we actually uh, protected you. We actually healed you. You're done. Well, there's no recurring revenue in that. There's no ROI in the all expensive R&D to make, to make a shot that's one and done. There's no money in actually healing people or protecting them from illness. The only money is made through recurring revenue that comes from managing illness. Money's only made if I can show up, get paid, and then show up the next week and get paid again, and show up the next week, and get paid again. Almost like a Netflix for pharmaceutical companies. Like, you know how Netflix charge you once a month? Netflix is wealthy because they can make money every single month. Well, the big pharma is like, well, shoot, how are we going to get our recurring revenue? How do we get paid every single month? Well, we let's see, we give the shot, and then and everybody needs it. It's required, right? A required, a mandated, a mandated medication or whatever you want to call this thing. That's even better than crack because crack is an addiction. You can choose to get off crack. You can fight, you know, go to rehab or whatever. They can get you away from crack, right? But But this is better than crack. Right. The dope dealers made big money selling crack because people couldn't stop using the crack. It was recurring revenue. They they had to use it because they felt compelled to do so. And this is better than crack because now you have a mandate. The government has said we are at war with this virus. We will pay any cost necessary to fight it. And everyone must go get it. Everyone must get these tests. Everyone must get these shots. Everyone must get whatever the booster is. Everybody. And then there's going to be something else on top. But that now they're mandating things for kids. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm not telling you what to think about any of these mandates. You can have whatever opinion, political opinion you want, but you cannot argue with me that big pharma is all about big money. Big pharma doesn't just price gouge, but big pharma is always down for the recurring revenue. And big pharma understands marketing better than anybody on this earth. Big pharma knows how fear is, is better than an addiction. If I can scare the hell out of you and get the government to mandate something, that's 10 times better than, than me selling crack because, it, I mean, crack's addictive. But, you know, with crack, again, you can walk away from crack if you really try hard enough. But with a mandate, you can't walk away from a mandate. And some people get infected with the virus of fear and you, they can't walk away from that fear. 
So, so anyway, let me keep going. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button on whatever channel you're on. We really need your help. We're building Black-owned media. Uh, please, please, please subscribe. Uh, all right. So, so next, so, so here's here's um, so here's what else they said. They said GS Labs high prices and growing presence. It has performed half a million of these tests since the pandemic started, and still runs thousands a day. So. Every day they're running thousands of tests at $380 a test. So so a thousand tests. Y'all, somebody, anybody good at math? Can y'all help me in math? I, I have a master's in math and I taught math at the University of Kentucky, but sometimes I forget how to count and, and multiply. What's $380 times a thousand? If they run a thousand tests a day, just a thousand. Now they said they run thousands, plural. If they run a thousand tests a day, how much money are they make in a day? 380 times a thousand. Somebody type that in the chat. So they're running a thousand of these tests a day or more. They're making $380,000 a day, right? There we go. Thank you. Thank you for helping me with the math. Sometimes I forget. And th- this is crazy money. I mean, that's insane. You know, $380,000, process it like this. $3,000 a day is a million dollars a year. $30,000 a day is $10 million a year. $300,000 a day is $100 million a year. And I bet you this company has seen a tremendous spike in its revenue since the pandemic began. And the thing about money, money is a lot like crack because money is addictive. Capitalism is the ultimate financial crackhead. When a capitalist organization gets addicted to that money, you cannot go backward. You must only go forward. You cannot go lower in your revenue. You only must go higher. You must grow. That's why I told you guys I'm not interested in being a hardcore capitalist because it's too much pressure. No matter how good you are, you got to grow. You got to do better every single time. Every single year, if you don't grow, your shareholders get upset with you and they want to fire you. So with that said, they said in court last month, the insurer claimed that the fees were disaster uh, disaster profiteering and then in violation of public policy. Omaha, Nebraska-based GS Labs contends the exact opposite that it has public policy on its side, pointing to the CARES Act passed in 2020. Quote, insurers are obligated to pay a cash price um, unless we come to a negotiated rate, said Christopher Erickson, a partner at GS Labs. So they're basically saying that because it's mandated and because of the CARES Act, because they wrote these blank checks, this is a chance for us to get rich. And let me tell you a little something about this pandemic. This pandemic made a lot of rich people super rich. There were probably over a thousand billionaires created during the pandemic. People became multimillionaires during the pandemic. So at the very same time that a lot of people were losing their jobs, there were people getting extremely rich. At the same time, small businesses were being forced to shut down. There were large corporations that were making more money than they've ever made before. Right. And that creates that 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 crazy dichotomy that occurred during the pandemic, which, in my view, should be absolutely outrageous. Now, here's what else Yahoo News says about this company charging $380 for a COVID test. They said it found that the average price for a test at an in-network facility was $130, a figure that includes both rapid tests and the more widely used and more expensive polymerase chain reaction or PCR test. About half of out-of-network providers are charging at least $50 more than that. The $380 cash price is posted at the GS Labs website. In legal documents, it says that it pays approximately $20. For the rapid test itself, Erickson said the high price reflects the premium service they provide patients as well as the $37 million in startup costs associated with building their lab networks in less than a year. So they invest $37 million, and now they're making at least $380,000 a day. So that, that tell me, give me a yes or no. Is that a pretty good ROI? I invest $37 million to start a business. 
that's now going to make me a couple hundred million extra per year. Would you be, would you invest if, if you could get access to capital, which black people cannot, which is this is what you need to be asking for from your politicians, for black owned black business owners to get access to capital. They'll give your black ass money for a student loan, but they won't give you access to capital to start a business. They'll give you uh, access to mo- borrow money to go get you a new car, but won't give you access to money to go start a business. Right? <laughs> hey, when it comes to getting money to do things that are productive in your life, like starting a business or buying a home. You can't get that money, but if you want to go do something stupid, like uh, go go two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, or go out and buy you a new Cadillac, they get they all they got that money for you all day. See that that's that's the thing about this system. That's what's so fascinating. So companies like GS Labs are able to, unlike most black business owners, go out and borrow thirty seven million dollars in startup costs, and now they're making an extra couple hundred million dollars a day. Right. That's a hell of an ROI. This is part of the imbalance that exists in your economic system and why black people get left behind. These are the things that you need to talk about and fight on when you're talking to your politicians. And until your so-called leaders who have access to these politicians address these matters, then you're going to continuously end up looking stupid and ridiculous after every election where they give you something, uh, something silly. Uh, in exchange for uh, something that you should have been asking for, which would have been much more valuable to your community. Now, uh, with that said, let me let me share another little thing with you real quick. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you have not done that yet. And uh, also, you guys may not know, but uh, this podcast is actually on Apple. It's on Spotify. So if you are a, say, truck driver, shout out to my truck drivers out there. Or if you are a person who likes to listen to things while you're working around the house, or you want, or you want to listen in your car? You can go on Spotify, look up the Doctor Boyce Breakdown. Uh, the URL is the drboycebreakdown.com. That URL is right there on the screen. So feel free to go and dig up the podcast on Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. All right. So here's uh, the last little piece that I think is interesting. I think it's worth uh, discussing. There's an article in Forbes where they talk about how much money they break it down in detail. How much crazy money Big Pharma is making and how much its executives are making from uh from this pandemic uh big pharma executives are making out like bandits they they couldn't have done better if they'd robbed the bank they could have literally robbed the bank and they wouldn't be doing this well if they had robbed the bank and shot somebody on the way out the door and uh went off and just took took all the money uh uh you know from from the bank they they couldn't have done better and so in this article uh it's the title is how covid-19 uh the the v word is there i'm not going to say it injected billions into big pharma and made its executives very rich. So that's an article in Forbes. So here's what they said here. They said that um, before the before the pandemic, big pharma had been easing out of making those shots. They, I, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here. By 2019, the, the major uh, makers of those shots supplying America had dwindled to a handful of large companies, Merck, Sanofi, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. Because those shots were only used once or twice, as opposed to medicines that people could take daily, they are not profitable. The scale of these programs to give people these shots also invites class action litigation if something goes awry. That's why they're protected from any sort of liability if they uh, kill you with a shot or if they give you some sort of uncurable disease or or uh, maybe, I don't know, who knows, Dr. Christina Parks mentioned this word called autism. Uh, which I couldn't help but notice how many more autistic kids we have out here. Uh, give me a yes or no if you know at least one person who has an autistic child. Give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you know. Shout out to everybody, all the parents raising autistic children, because that is so difficult and such a terrible nightmare. And when Dr. Christina Parks mentioned the connection between autism and getting those shots, 
I really became deeply concerned because I don't know if I, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but it seems to me that the autism thing is kind of everywhere. And I think that that's worth investigating. Uh, and so here's what um, they said. They said the White House needed a whopping amount of money to coax companies uh, to research and test and then produce hundreds of millions of doses. They initially asked for and Congress rapidly appropriated $10 billion. Ultimately, Operation Warp Speed, the U.S. government's COVID-19 relief program, would dole out $22 billion to Big Pharma. So again, <clears throat> because war is profitable, they declared war on the virus. And what happens is that when you go into a war mode, uh, it's not popular to say slow down. It's not popular to say no. Uh, shout out to people like you know the, the Barack Obamas who uh, during um, after 9-11 were, were among the few who said, no, we shouldn't go to war in Iraq, right? All the patriots, all the gung-ho emotional people who weren't thinking long-term said, yeah, let's go kill them. Let's go bomb them, right? There were some people in Congress who said, hold on, we shouldn't be doing this because we need to investigate further, right? So when you're in war mode, people just say, we need to do whatever we got to do, spend any amount of money necessary. And that's why they're so eager to declare war. Uh, the amounts of money were the kinds of sums normally seen as smaller defense budget line items, but were massive for a public health project. $2.5 billion to Moderna. Moderna ain't never seen $2.5 billion before, before the pandemic. $1.2 billion to AstraZeneca, half a billion dollars to Johnson & Johnson, and $1.6 billion to a small company called Novavax. I, let's just put, stick a pin in that right quick. Let me look up Novavax. Let me see. Novavax revenues. Let's see how much money Novavax makes. So let's let's see. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's see. Okay, so Novavax revenues. Ah, this is this is so cute. Let me let me show y'all. Y'all gonna laugh when you see this. Let me show you. Let me show you what happened to Novavax revenues in the when the pandemic began. Novavax revenues. <clears throat> you see this number here? Shot up six thousand one hundred and sixty three percent during the pandemic. Literally shot up six thousand percent. Their profit margin shot up eighty two point five percent. Cash on hand went up 369%. Cost of revenue, of course, your costs are going to go up. So literally, Novavax was a company that was making very little money and then suddenly had a come up. Like literally like, like a big money rapper on his, on his first record deal. Like you you just got out of the hood and now you're making like, you know, $100 million a year. So Novavax literally, let me just tell you, this is so crazy. Novavax, if you look at their annual revenue, um, uh, let's see, the annual revenue for 2019 was $0.19 billion. That was a 45% decline from 2018. So this company was damn near dead. This company was dropping off the map. $0.19 billion. I got to figure out what that means. That's 19, what's that, 19, is that 19 million? That's not even $100 million. 19, so think about this. Process this for a minute. You make $19 million in 2019 and then the government comes along and writes you a check for how much was that again 1.6 billion let's let's scale that just so we can see what that would feel like like if you so so 19 to go from 19 million to 1.6 billion that's like somebody going make it imagine imagine your friend who makes nineteen thousand dollars a year because they work at like you know KFC or something. Um, right? So they work at KFC, work their butt off making 19 grand a year. And then imagine if suddenly their income went up to 1.6 million dollars a year. Like, like that's a that's a major life change in money. So these companies 
literally saw money like they'd never seen before. They saw a financial windfall that was greater than anything they'd ever witnessed in the history of their company. So, so basically, they said that uh, in July, Pfizer signed a $1.95 billion deal to sell 100 million doses of its two-shot uh, you know, uh, v, uh, v, uh, to the United States, enough for 50 million people. It would be the first to reach American arms. The price per double shot, about $40, is comparable to the price per shot of, of, of the flu shot. By February, the government had ordered 300 million doses from Moderna with its first shipment of 100 million priced at $30 per double shot dose. Uh, because the project worked in May, it well elude financial investigation. Operation Warp Speed was staffed at every level by pharmaceutical industry executives and their revolving door of allies in the government. So the pharmaceutical industry executives were the ones who came into the government and were able to authorize all this money that was going out. Read that. Let me read that again. According to Forbes, Operation Warp Speed was staffed at every level by pharmaceutical industry executives and their revolving door of allies in the government. They could, if they wished, keep their investments thanks to a special exemption. So because they had an exemption, see, this is where this is where rich people, this is where capitalism gets real corrupt. This is because what's happened is that your government is being run by the capitalists. The capitalists are controlling your government. So what they did was they said, look, normally we wouldn't allow a government official to own stock in a company that uh, is going to benefit from a law that we just changed that only you know about. You have this inside information. Inside information, trading on inside information is illegal. That's why they have regulations on what companies, what stocks uh, members of Congress are allowed to own. But they said, hey, you know what? We'll give you an exemption. We'll, we'll change that rule so that you and your family can get filthy rich because after all, we're at war. We're at war. And when we're at war, we got to do anything to win the war. Right. You know, 99.8% of us are going to survive. But but my God, we're all 99, 100% of us are scared to death. Right. 99.8% of us are going to be just fine. But we got to act like everybody going to die. Right. Because then what that does is that takes out rationale in, in all decision making. Logic goes out the window and you replace this with highly irrational, out of control amounts of fear. And fear leads you to say, I will spend any amount of money in order to protect myself, right? That's the one of the that's one of the tricks that corporations play. If they can't get you to become addicted to the product, like they did with crack and opioids, then they simply get you addicted to another. Uh, they get you. They infect you with another virus called fear. A lot of people are addicted to their fear. I have relatives who watch MSNBC on repeat, and they are about the mo- the most scary sons of bitches I've ever met. I love them to death, but I'm sitting here like, damn, like, do you really think you're going to die like every day? Like, that's got to be so stressful for you. Every day you wake up and you really think you're going to die today, like, because you saw your neighbor and you shook their hand. Like, maybe you need some therapy. Maybe we need to help you with that because, you know, death is a reality. Yes, death can happen. But it, but but literally, are you really every day going to come and tell me about every single person that you see on TV who died today, you know, there's 360 million people or something like that in this country. And they can literally for the next 10,000 years, put at least one person on TV about that died and tell you and make you think that you're going to die too. Maybe that's not so healthy for you to spend every day thinking that you're going to die. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful. Doesn't mean you shouldn't watch yourself. Yeah. You got to wash your hands, do what you got to do, but you're you're probably not going to die. That's a hard lottery ticket to win. So anyway, let me keep going. So with Novavax, uh, these companies were making insane amounts of money. Um, they, 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 it's according to Forbes, they said they could, if they wish keep their investments, thanks to a special exemption. So they were able to not just, 
uh, spend government money with a blank check, but they were able to own stock in these companies, which is just downright unbelievable in a pandemic where so many people lost their jobs and, and businesses were dying. Uh, they were brought on as contractors. They were not subject to federal conflict of interest regulations in place for employees. Operation Warp Speed Advisors with connections and investments had to agree to assign some of their uh, COVID earnings to the National Institute of Health, but they could wait to do so until after their deaths. So I can pay you after I'm dead. How nice is that man? God, it must be nice to be white. Um, Operation Warp Speed was staffed at every level by pharmaceutical industry executives and their revolving door of allies in the government. Uh, former Big Pharma executive Monsef Slaoui sat on the board of Moderna. 13 days after the first massive infusion of taxpayer money into its coffers, which triggered a jump in the company's stock price, Slaloy was awarded options to buy 18,270 shares of the company, according to the SEC filings first reviewed by Kaiser Health News. Those shares were added to 137,168 options he'd accumulated since 2018. He reaped an estimated $8 million when he resigned from the Moderna board. Among the other known connections between Operation Warp Speed and Big Pharma Cash, Operation Warp Speed advisors and Pfizer employees William Earhart and Rachel Harrington maintained financial stakes of unknown value in Pfizer, the recipient of nearly $2 billion of HAS uh, uh, contracts for 100 million doses. Richard Whitley, an advisor on the, on the safety panel uh, for these government shots, is associated with Jaleed maker of the COVID antiviral agent Remdesivir. Advisor Carlo Desnotarfistani uh, is connected to Tiva, maker of the Trump-approved hydroxychloroquine. It, it, it goes on and on and on. Even more money was raining down on company insiders trading on good news releases. Executives at Moderna and Pfizer cashed in on the, on the, the government shot, selling shares timed precisely to clinical trial press releases. Do y'all understand this? Let me just say this to you as a person who is a finance PhD. If y'all did any of this, if y'all would ever do any of this shit, y'all would be under the jail. Do you hear me? If you ever did, like this is some, remember how Martha, you know how Martha Stewart went to prison, you know, and now she's doing TV shows with Snoop Dogg and stuff, right? Because she wasn't talking to people like Snoop Dogg before she went to jail. I guess now that you jail, you hang out with black people or whatever, not you're an inmate. And um, because I guess that's what they think black people are comfortable with because you had, you know, Lil Nas X twer twerking in prison. So twizen, prison must be a wonderful place, apparently, since they sit around twerking all day. And um, so, so Martha Stewart was arrested for insider trading. Well, basically what the government said was <laughs> they said, insider trading is cool. Well, why? Well, because, Bob, we're at war. We're at war, Bob. We got to do everything because everybody's going to die, Bob. So they literally bent all the rules. They literally just changed all the rules and allowed these people to come in and literally raid the damn cookie jar. So check this out. Timing stock sales like that is neither unusual nor illegal, which I don't agree with that. Sometimes it's illegal. Sometimes it's not. Columbia Law School economist Joshua Mitz has found that execs in many sectors are up to three times more likely to sell their stock on days when the companies announce positive news than on days when negative news, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But they don't always, but they, but, but no, I mean, they, they, they can do it, but they can't be so obvious with it. Uh, on November 9th, the day Pfizer announced it's more than 90% effective Efe efficacy for its government shot, Pfizer CEO Albert Burla sold more than half of his holdings, 62%. 
It was a good day to sell. The positive news jacked the stock price up 15%. Borla was among seven Pfizer executives who collectively earned $14 million from stock sales in 2020. Not to be outdone, Moderna executives made $287 million from time stock sales in 2020 and kept going. In just a few days in late January and February 2021, Moderna CEO Stefani Bonsell sold millions of dollars worth of his stock, the Trump administration's best and brightest COVID solution, throwing public money at private industry with almost no oversight of the contracting procedure, will stand as one of the most audacious efforts in the administration's free market ideological playbook. The full roster of this pharmaceutical windfall club will probably never be revealed. So, you know, this this is something, you know, I don't know if you're a Trump supporter, Biden supporter or something else, um, but... You know, one of the things that, that you can certainly say Trump did, one of the reasons why Trump was happy to be president is because Trump uh, was able to make a ton of money uh, by going into the government. The reason that your government is about $28.2 trillion in debt and will never be out of debt is largely because you have capitalists that have now taken over your government. And what the capitalists do, the way they became very wealthy, is they make they bring money in, but they don't spit money out, right? They don't give money away. They just bring money in. So they'll go into the government. And they literally raid the government coffers. They're able to go in and set up these private contracts, these no bid contracts or whatever the hell they want to do. Like Dick Dick Cheney did a lot of this stuff back in the Bush era. Uh, the Clintons, uh, all, all these people, all these individuals are connected with these companies and individuals and executives that are able to go into the government, make a ton of money, but not put anything back. So uh, in addition to their ability to make a ton of money from the government contracts, they are also able to evade or avoid taxes because government Laws allow them, allow investors, it allows wealthy people, allows you know corporations to avoid paying taxes. That's how people like Jeff Bezos pay less money than you know a lot of secretaries when it comes to taxes. And so effectively, that's why your government, in my view, is in such horrible debt and will eventually default on that debt. It's because everybody's going in and taking things out and not putting anything in. So Trump was responsible for doing this. But don't let Biden off the hook. Biden has buddies. Again, the capitalists control the government. So they are smart. What they do is they control both the Democrat and the Republican parties. So you may think that voting for Raphael Warnock is going to help you escape this capitalist greed. Well, no, that is the virus that has infected your government from the very top to the very bottom. It's not going to go away. So uh, this this pandemic, the reason I'm a skeptic is not because I don't believe any of this is real. Um, I'm not a skeptic because I, I think this is a bunch of BS and, and that this thing can't kill you. I'm not a skeptic because I'm trying to be an anti-masker and all this other stuff. I'm not into none of that. I'm not, I'm not, my brain is not that simple. My brain is somewhat complex on these issues because I, I care about my family. The reason I'm I'm speaking on this issue is because I know a money grab when I see one. You know, I know capitalist chaos and corruption when I see it. And and basically, um, the model is very simple. You know, okay, we got this little problem. Uh, We're going to remember what Rahm Emanuel said, uh, where he said, you never waste a good crisis. So during the crisis, when everybody else is afraid, the big, the the folks with the money and the power start making moves. The United States is not alone in this. Pfizer and Moderna are not alone in this. If you go over to China, uh, before the pandemic, China, this is why I believe China may have actually created this virus intentionally. I really believe that uh, because they... First of all, it came out of a lab. Uh, They don't know if it's man-made or not. When they tried to investigate whether it was man-made, the Chinese government said, no, you cannot investigate, right? That right there tells me that they're on some shady shit. But that's what China does. China's just a place where they kind of, they they don't believe in things like telling the truth all the time, right? So basically, uh, before the pandemic, 
China's number one problem was they could not control Hong Kong. Every time they tried to bring Hong Kong under Chinese rule, the the, the people of Hong Kong uh, who are committed to democracy and freedom were in the streets, in the millions, telling China to go fuck themselves and letting them know that we're not going to fold to you at all. Well, during the pandemic, when they had fear on their side, when everyone's injected with the virus of fear, they were able to come in and say, for your protection, for your safety, we passed a new law that says that you can't gather in groups of more than two or three people or we're going to lock you up. So during that time, during the pandemic, the Chinese government made all of its moves. That's when they went in and they shut down the crowds. They started arresting all the leaders. They started giving even millionaires and billionaires, you know, 500 year prison sentences or whatever to get them out of the movement. And now Hong Kong is safely and comfortably in Chinese hands. Right. So so what I really want you to understand is that, you know, the, the reason that you see me as a guy who says, I'm not I, I'm not listening to Fox News. Tell me about what's going on right now, because Fox News is going to get you killed. They're going to get you killed out here thinking that there ain't no virus uh, when the virus is real. I'm not going to be a guy out here listening to MSNBC because MSNBC might keep you alive, but they're going to make you a mentally ill weirdo who is afraid to go to your grandma's house for Thanksgiving dinner because you think that simply saying hi to your grandma on the phone means she's going to be dead by Tuesday. I The people that think that way, you need help. I know therapists that can get on the phone with you and help you understand that walking outside your front door and saying hi to your neighbor is not going to kill you. You just have to make sure you're careful in the process because people people die every day. I'm sorry. They do die every day. But uh, I'm a person who says, you know, I want to watch things like C-SPAN where they can give me straight information. I like news. I don't want spin. I don't want commentary. I don't want propaganda. I don't want to hear what you think about the news. Just give me the damn facts so that I can make decisions that are best for me and my family because I don't trust none of y'all sons of bitches. I don't trust any of you. I don't trust the government. Because I'm sitting right across the street right now looking at my window at Johns Hopkins University where uh, Big Pharma conspired with Johns Hopkins to steal the cells of Henrietta Lacks. Uh, I am um, I do not trust Big Pharma because America is a country that spends way too much money on health care to have one of the one of the most embarrassing health care systems in the world. Did you all know if you were to measure health care systems around the world? Let me see. Healthcare system quality by country. I'm going to do a quick Google search. If you measure healthcare systems, this is a random ranking from World Population Review. Let me see what they say. They, they, they've got a ranking here. Um, the ranking of healthcare systems. Hold on. The United States, last time I checked, was I think approximately number 30, 31 or 32, like right behind like Chile or something like that. And, uh, and I, I can't find the list right now. Uh, in fact, let me see if I can look look over here on another screen and, and find a ranking because it's 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 really hilarious. It's really utterly hilarious that you give so much money to big pharma and your healthcare absolutely sucks. It's it's absolutely so bad, and uh, and it, it doesn't make any sense because you spend all this money and you're thinking that because you're spending money you're getting quality care, and that's just simply not true. Um, so yeah, so so here's one that I found from the uh, Peterson Foundation, and they said administrative costs in healthcare. Per capita, Italy's the lowest at $64. Japan is $76. The United Kingdom's $80 per capita. Sweden is $95. Australia's $159. The United States is $937. $937. Right? So literally, uh, what's it? 10, 10, 15 times more than a lot of these other um, countries. Uh, Also, let me see here. Uh, 
what else? What else do we have here in, uh, in terms of rankings? I want to find that one ranking I saw that, that basically showed where the United States was number 30 or 32 or 33. Um, but but the point of the matter is to say that the reason that you spend more than any other country on Earth, but yet get inferior care is because of the capitalism, because, you know, your 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 ability to stay healthy is distracted by the fact that they're more concerned with staying financially healthy. That's why uh, a lot of times they will give you standardized responses to preventable issues that they created themselves. They'll sell you the, the donuts at the front of the grocery store and then sell you the diabetes medication in the back, right? So instead of talking to you about how you can live a healthier lifestyle, instead of talking to you about exercise and talk, so, you know, talking to you about vitamins and, and getting plenty of <clears throat> vitamin D into your system and, and sea moss or whatever it is that a, a queen of fool might talk to you about, they don't, you, if you notice, I mean, how many of you have noticed this? Give me a yes or no if you've noticed this. In this whole pandemic, I have not, I've seen campaigns for people to uh, buy masks. I've seen people campaigns for people to buy hand sanitizers. I've seen people campaigns for people to go get a shot. I've seen nothing. I've seen no national campaigns where you had streams of celebrities saying, take care of your immune system and get healthy. How many of you have noticed this? Has anyone seen anything anywhere? Give me a yes or no if you noticed. Yes, if you have noticed it. No, if you've not. Have you noticed how there's almost nothing in terms of a national campaign that says, you know, maybe if you're a person who's not comfortable getting a shot to fix everything or taking a pill, you know, exercise strengthens your immune system, which is going to give you the best natural defense against all of this. Your best defense against the virus is not Moderna because they're too motivated by the money. Your best defense against the virus is not Pfizer because they got to please their shareholders. That that matters to them more than anything else. Your best defense against the virus is the immune system planted in your body by God. You have an immune system that makes the difference between the people who get the virus and die and the people who get the virus and live. It is literally the immune system that appears to be a huge factor in all of this, when they talk about comorbidities, it is shocking to me the comorbidities and not talk about how to eliminate the comorbidities. They want you to be fat as hell. That, that's why they promote promoting. They got Lizzo out here telling you that being fat is body positivity, which poor Lizzo, I, I feel sorry for her. I don't even think Lizzo believes that. I mean, even, even Lizzo, you see her out here trying to get healthy. They probably mad at her. Like, wait, you're going to make less money if you're not fat anymore. What are you doing? The fat boys went through that. I don't know if y'all know that, but remember the fat boys? You know, the, remember the fat boys, right? The, the fat boys, literally, they had a time where they wanted to lose weight. And they were like, no, you, you can't lose weight because if you lose weight, you won't be the fat boys anymore. Well, what happen, What what happens when you allow corporations and their money to determine what your lifestyle is going to be? Does anybody know what happened to the fattest of the fat boys? Anybody remember the human beatbox? The human beatbox? I don't even know his real name, actually. I shouldn't call him the human beatbox. Let me let me look him up. The human beatbox uh, was a brother uh, that, and I say was because he's no longer with us. Uh, the human beatbox, I'm going to share my screen. The human beatbox was a brother who was uh, one of the fat boys, who uh, was probably the most popular of the fat boys. And they made him falsely believe that being uh, morbidly obese uh, was uh, was was good for his life and good for his career because people pay you money for being fat and 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 letting them laugh at you, right? 
Well, the human beatbox, uh, this brother, and I'm, I'm going to stop calling him the human beatbox because he's, he's a human being before he was a human beatbox. This brother's name was Darren Robinson. Darren Robinson. And Darren Robinson was born uh, in 1967. He died in 1995 at the age of 28. He died at the age of 28. Now, you tell me, for Darren Robinson, a.k.a. the human beatbox, was you know, was obesity body positivity for him? You know, no, it wasn't. Uh, was obesity, uh, was was that a good move for him? I mean, sure, you know, he died at 28, but, but man, he made a whole lot of money before he died. Okay, you can you can believe that. Um, so if, I'm reading here about his death. I don't know exactly how he died, um, but they said that his weight eventually contributed to his death. He had recently been diagnosed with lymph, lymphedema or fluid buildup. He died of a heart attack. At the age of, let's see, he was five foot four, six hundred and thirty-three pounds. He had been battling the flu, which again, you know, so you imagine him during, imagine him during the COVID era. Uh, he he wouldn't have a chance, according to his older brother Kurt, who was also his manager. He was doing one of his songs, and at the end of the song, he got off the couch and was climbing on a studio chair when he fell. He, uh, his brother said, "I tried to give him mouth to mouth, but he couldn't make it." Paramedics were called and were unable to revive the rapper. They said he had been trying to lose weight and was working on a Fat Boys reunion album. So literally, if you ask me, being a Fat Boy probably killed the Fat Boys. If the Fat Boys had done, if if y'all know, one of the Fat Boys took that very seriously. He actually became a fitness trainer. I don't know if anybody y'all saw that. Or one of the other brothers uh, literally is now so buff and muscular and in shape that you don't even recognize him as a fat boy. He performs as one of the fat boys, and people are like, why is he Why is he up there? He doesn't look like a fat boy. He looks like an NFL star. He doesn't look like a fat boy, right? Well, that was when he said, man, to hell with your corporate money. I'm trying to do what's best for me. I'm not trying to do what's profitable. I'm trying to do what's right. I'm, trying to not, I'm not trying to make another dollar. I'm trying to live another day, right? So basically, um, when you when you think about that, when, when you look at that with, with the fat boys and with this idea that that being unhealthy is a good thing, uh, because you're making money, that makes me think, to me, that's a metaphor for the culture that we live in. We live in a culture where we, where corporate America trains people to celebrate all the things that are killing you. You celebrate these things and you co-sign on these things because you think that the money matters more than anything else. And, and, the, and the reason I'm telling you right now, again, I want you to say this. If people say, well, Dr. Boyce practices black capitalism, I need you to correct them politely. I am not a capitalist because... I understand clearly that there are some things that are far more important than money. Money is not a destination. Money is a vehicle to get to a more important destination. Money is not the be-all, end-all. Money is the the tool to help you get to the be-all, end-all. The be-all, end-all are things like happiness, things like freedom, things like wellness and health, things like family and community and, and black power, all these things that we talk about, we fantasize about, and we use these words very loosely, but we don't know a damn thing about what it means to be healthy, wealthy, successful, and free. Because y'all too busy letting these corporations teach you how to chase the money and act like a goddamn fool in the process. Got Negroes out here acting ridiculous, doing ridiculous things because they're trying to get it get they're trying to get the money bag, yo. They try to get that 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 bag of money so they can go go buy some Gucci or whatever. So that, that's my point. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I hope this conversation was helpful and beneficial to you. Um, 
I want to also let you know, if you could hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Also, uh, go to allblackeconomics.com. You can get a free copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, uh, A New Paradigm for Black America. I laid out a whole 70-year plan for the black community, and I hope that you will take a look at it because I believe that if we do these very basic things in our households, uh, we can overcome anything. I don't think anything can stop a determined black community from achieving our objectives. Uh, and also, uh, just one thing I'll mention just real quick is that if you have an interest in giving your children economic training at an early age, we do have a black business school for children that covers stock investing, real estate, et cetera. Your child can actually get a degree from the black business school that they can put on their wall. There's a self-study exam, so you can make sure your child knows the content cold. Uh, so feel free to go take a look. It's blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. Uh, it covers entrepreneurship, real estate, stock market investing, uh, everything in between. So feel free to go take a look at that if you have a child of any age that you want to see do well. We must invest in the children. We must invest in the children. We must invest in our kids because the kids are the ones who will carry the torch for us when we are old and gray and dead. So the most important investment we can make right now is in those little kids. And I don't care if they're not your biological kids. I invest in kids that are not my biological kids because uh, that is part of my legacy. So your kids are part of my legacy, too. And that's why I want your kids to be in a good position in the future. And uh, preparation is the key to success. That's what I repeat to my kids. And I'm repeating that to you. So get your kids prepared so they can win battles in the future. We don't want to raise a bunch of victims. We don't want to raise a bunch of complaining Negroes. We don't want to raise a bunch of people that are going to say, man, the white man always win. He always get ahead. The white man always, he done took my money. He took my money. Well, the reason he took your money is because you're sitting back smoking blunts and, and drinking liquor all day and popping mollies and ain't reading no books. That's why he took all your money because you ain't paying attention. <laughs> the first rule to protect your wealth is to pay attention, to gain some sort of awareness, to be woke. A lot of people use the word woke, but they ain't woke. They sleep. If you really woke, you're going to get ready. You know, so so get ready. Get ready for battle. Get your kids prepared. Sun Tzu in the art of war. He said all battles are battles are typically won before they begin. I watched a, I watched a bunch of uh, college football games this weekend, and a bunch of NFL games. And in every single one of those games, the teams that won were the teams that prepared in advance. They didn't try to prepare for the game on the day of the game. They prepared for the game weeks before the game took place. So you win your battles before they, they begin. So your children will win battles in the year 2060 because you are preparing them today. I cannot overemphasize that. Get your kids ready. Dorothea understands that. She said her 11th grader is taking an entrepreneurship class in a virtual school. And that's what I'm talking about. All of our kids need to be in situations like that. So get them ready. Uh, don't don't betray them by not giving them and helping them to inherit the intelligence uh, to be successful in the future and to make the right decisions. So anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Uh, BlackMillionaresOfTomorrow.com. That's the URL. Also, of course, you guys know about the All Black National Convention. I'll put that URL up there again if you want to take a look and come down to the convention. I'd love to shake your hand and give you a hug. So take care. Have a good night. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Love you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Be good. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees. 
Triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.